beginnings with little results. You start something and you give up. You start something else and you give up. And now you've come to the realization that time is running out. And you have to face the fact that you're getting older. And you'll never get to see what you could have become. Because you were never willing to pay the price. The price of resilience. The truth is, everyone wants to succeed but so few do. Now the question is, why do so few succeed? During the course of life, life is filled with ups and downs. We live in a culture where people don't want to accept that there will be good seasons and bad seasons. There will be summertime and there will be wintertime. And in life, some summers will be longer and better than others. And some winters will be longer and colder than others. But that's just life. Ecclesiastics 3 says, There is a time for everything, a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot. Now the reason why people don't succeed is because they don't understand this concept and they make a permanent decision during a temporary season. Don't make a permanent decision based on a temporary season. In every endeavor, there'll come a time where giving up looks like the only option. When the problem looks unsolvable, when the mountain seems unmovable, and the enemy seems unstoppable, and defeat looks like the only outcome, heaven is telling you these words today. Never, never, never give up. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. To attain the success, to attain the goal you so desperately desire, you need to recognize that you're in a fight. You will need to attack and keep attacking. And anything that stands in your way needs to know that you are not going to give up until you win. And that there is only one victor in this situation. And that victor is you. The problem with this generation is that anytime we receive any resistance or adversity, we quit. This book... This Bible does not encourage giving up. We need to remember Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Over and over again, we see men and women of God who demonstrated resilience in the face of insurmountable odds. This book tells us of a generation that had never seen rain. And one man who was given a dream by God had to face 120 years of people laughing at him whilst he built an ark. 120 years he worked on one ark while everyone around him thought he was crazy. I am sure people would ask him, why don't you just give up? But do you know why he didn't give up? It's because he had resilience. We all need resilience. Just imagine working on a dream that no one else believes in for 120 years. 120 years. And you have the audacity to give up after six months. Resilience is Job literally walking through hell on earth and saying the Lord gave and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. And some of you are just like Job and you're going through hell right now. Whether it may be in your marriage, whether it may be in your dreams, in your job, in your business, or in your family, 
or wherever it may be, never give up, never give up. In the words of Winston Churchill, if you're walking through hell, keep going. For a lot of you right now, life has pushed your back against the wall. You can't give up. You can't give in. You have to be resilient. You have two choices. Stand up and fight or live with the regret and the what ifs. Not everything worth having in life will be handed to you. You will have to fight. You will have to fight. You have to fight in the rain. You have to fight when you're tired. You have to fight when you don't feel like it. You have to fight when you have no one else in your corner. You have to keep going regardless of the odds, regardless of what life throws at you. You have to keep fighting. You have come too far to give up now. God has taken you through too much to leave you high and dry now. When you're sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. And those that believe in you have left you. And they don't believe in you anymore. When they have lost hope in you. When they have lost faith in you. Stay resilient. Stay resilient. When David went to fight Goliath, everyone around him had given up. What if he gave up too? What would have become of Israel? David did not give up because he knew God was on his side. And just how God was on his side, God is on your side. The same force that was behind David's slingshot, it's the same force that's propelling you today. God is for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? With God, all things are possible. Do you have the resilience to stand? What'd you think of that, man? Yeah. Woo! I listened to that this afternoon and I thought, man, how, how true is that? I, I like when he said, don't make a permanent decision based off a temporary situation. How many times in my life have I done that? Oh, especially when your back is up against the wall and you feel that there's no way out. And uh, man, tonight, we just want to take a few minutes of time. And to help just bring some clarity through the Word of God to life, man. Oh, uh, kids, you guys go ahead and go with Eddie. Yes. <clears throat> so how many of you know that we're in a fight tonight? Amen? Amen. We're, we're in a fight to life. Uh, Brother Chad preached this morning my message. I don't know how he got my notes, but he did, man. <laughs> he had on a lot of points that I wanted to go over tonight. Uh, with you all out of James 1, 22 through 25. Um, because we believe here that the only way to freedom is through the power of Jesus Christ. If you're suffering with addiction, whether it be alcohol, drug addiction, pornography addiction, whether it be anger addiction, bitterness addictions, abandonment issues, fear issues, insecurity issues... There is going to be no solution in life, no program, no counseling service that's ever going to be able to spoon feed you the freedom that you've been looking for your entire life. Because it's not found in a place, freedom is not found in a theology, freedom is found in a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. And when you can get a hold of Jesus, your whole life, can be transformed, man. Romans 12, 2, he says, to be not conformed to the patterns of this world, right? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That we may be able to prove what is that good, 
perfect, pleasing will of the Father. Amen. God has a plan for your life in the house of the Lord tonight. Jeremiah 29, 11. We go over these scriptures every week. That the Lord, He has a plan for your life. He has thoughts that He thinks towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We serve a good God in the house of the Lord tonight. And He does have a plan for each and every one of our lives. But many of us never get to see that plan unfolded because we lack the character and we lack the strength with inside of our mind and our spirit in order to be able to stand through the tough times. You know, this is one component, I believe, of recovery ministry that's missing all over the world. Is we're coming and we will proclaim promises of God and we'll proclaim all the good things, but we never lead the people in the how that you receive the promise. We never lead them into, hey man, it's not going to be sunshine and rainbows. As a matter of fact, it's going to be hell and high water. You're going to face days in your life as you're seeking this recovery and you're seeking the Lord that it seems like all hell has broke loose on you. You've got to know how to be able to line those times up in your mind. To be able to understand the enemy that you're fighting against, to be able to understand his attack. As we, you know, when we understand our opponent and how he operates, oh, then we've got a little better idea of how to be able to defend ourselves and guard against the blows before they come. So if we know ahead of time that who he is, John 10.10 10 says, the enemy comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. But the Lord says, but I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. If you ever find yourself in a place to where your spirit feels like you've been stolen from. You feel like you're about to die. And it seems to be nothing but destruction on the horizon. That's a red flag that should go up in your mind instantaneously. That this isn't from God. So if it hasn't come from God, where has it come from? Amen. And there's a solution, and all through the Word of God, the Lord gives us instructions, and He gives us this life. He, he lays all these obstacles that we're ever going to face in life out for us. So as we study God's Word and we become hungry for freedom, when we become hungry for life, when you truly want to live, man, this book becomes living water to your soul, man. It becomes like a loaf of bread that you just can't get enough of. But you got to be hungry for it. Oh, and in the house of the Lord tonight, when it, in, in any recovery ministry, for anyone to truly recover, you've got to truly want to be set free. And if you truly want to be set free bad enough... And when the plan is laid before you and Jesus Christ comes down and reveals Himself and touches your life, there's a hunger and there's a thirst that wells up inside of us, man, that I can't even begin to explain because it's miraculous in all of its nature because it comes from God. And I can tell you the things that I used to thirst and hunger for are not the same as what they was ten years ago. 
It's like some of the testimony that we've heard tonight as God begins to touch our life in the presence of God as we allow Him to be able to start moving in and through our lives because we're hungry to get to know Him and to get to know that plan because we believe that He does have a plan. And we realize that when we're outside of peace of God and we're stuck in this place of torment and, and our joy's being drained and maybe we've never, we've never really had joy and we're seeking all of these things, we've got to believe that God is who He says He is. We've got to believe that He sits on the throne in heaven and that He created all this madness that we see. We've got to truly believe in our heart that Jesus is the Son of God. You've got to truly believe that Jesus, as He hung on the cross for our sins, that He was capable of taking your sin, and that He nailed it on a tree over 2,000 years ago. And that when you put your faith in Him, that those sins are removed and washed white as snow. That you are no longer the same person as who you once was. See? And that happens in, in an instant, in a, faster than the speed of light. The Word of God says in 1 John 1, 1, He says, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and good just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's instantaneous. His Spirit comes into our life. But see, as what we've been going over over these past several weeks, is our salvation is instantaneous. Our, our forgiveness of sin is instantaneous. But there is all of these wounds that we carry in life that has affected our mind. It's affected our spirit. That the Lord says that He wants to come in and He needs to cleanse and He needs to wipe clean in our life. And see, that is a process that takes time. It's setting with the Lord in order for God to be able to reveal these things to us, these strongholds that we have carried our entire life since birth. Things that we've been taught from a child. Uh, things that we've seen uh, in life as we grow and we begin to mature. Uh, that takes us away from God's truth and away from who God has called us to be. God has to then restructure our minds. See, you may be 40, 50, 60 years old just coming to the Lord, but the Lord says that you have got to become like a child. You've got, you've got to have your whole thought process changed, man. That's why Romans 12, 2, he says, be not conformed to the patterns of this world. That's the patterns of the old ways. All things must become new. All things. That's how we think about ourselves. That's how we think that life is to be lived. That's how we think uh, of what it looks like to be a husband, of a mother, a father, uh, what it means to be a son, a daughter. All of these things for life is found within the context of this book. And as we begin to learn these these things, that we begin to learn these truths of who God says that we are and who He desires us to be. And when we begin to implement them into our lives through faith, our whole lives can be transformed to where our life no longer even resembles that of what it once was. 
Okay? And so many times when we're coming through recovery and even uh, through recovery programs or, or ministries, we get so far. See, some, some of us have went so far, you may go a year, two years, three years and find yourself hitting another, another block wall and then find yourself failing, going right back into the same things that you always have. And you think, man, why does this cycle keep happening in my life? Why is it that I can't seem to ever truly break free from this addiction? Why is it that I can't truly seem to be able to break free from this anger and this rage that's inside of me that comes up? I try to push it down. I even memorize scripture. I come into the house of the Lord. I throw my hands up in worship. I lay on my face before God beside my bed every night, begging for Him to change and transform my life. All of these scriptures that you say every week, I've been rehearsing them. I've got them wrote down. I've got them memorized and nothing ever seems to be changing. I'm still going to the porn website at 2 o'clock in the morning and looking at things that's causing more destruction in my life and draining my joy in the Lord. I'm still going to that bottle every few days or every week as I... as. As these emotions start to come up upon me in these feelings of loneliness or abandonment or or maybe you don't even know why that you go to the things. It's just a habit. You just go to it. I can't ever seem to be able to break free. Because you see, the freedom is not found in the Word. Just the letter wrote on a page. Freedom is found in the person of Jesus Christ. He is the Word made flesh. See, and when that, when His Word, when He becomes part of our life, when we're no longer just seeking the black and white on the page, and we're no longer just rehearsing promises of God, hoping and praying for a miracle for something to change, and nothing ever does change, it's because we've missed the person of Christ. See, He's the only one that can truly change and transform you. It took me a long time for this revelation to ever come because I wasn't ready for it. And maybe I'd never really heard it explained in such a way. But I never could ever figure out my entire life of why that I would confess my sins to God and why I would ask Jesus to come into my heart and to save me. And then I would walk right back out and go into the same type of lifestyle. It may have been instantaneous, or it may have been days, it may have been weeks, it may have been months. Some things come gradually. Sometimes I was able to abstain for, for months at a time. But there were other struggles that I was struggling with besides dope and alcohol that was controlling my life and robbing me of being able to push forward into the things of God. Because you see... As I was coming to God, I wasn't coming to Him for His person to be part of me. I was coming to Him to bring a solution to my problem. The only reason why I was ever confessing my sins to God and asking Jesus into my heart was not for Him to truly come into my mind to transform me. It's because I needed a genie in a bottle. And I needed Him to come out with smoke and flame and bring peace to everything that I had brought chaos to in my life. I needed Him to save me from the judge. I needed Him to save me from the state prosecution prosecuting attorney. I needed Him to save me from my 
my ex-wife and the, and the hatred and the bitterness that had welled up inside of her toward me because of things that I had done. I needed him to come in and change relationships with my kids. I needed him to come in and change things on my job because I had messed them up so bad. And that, you know, I needed him to come in and just work, work these things out for me. So that I wouldn't happen to go through the pain and the consequence of my decisions. And I would hear these promises of God my whole life and I would think, man, absolutely. I want that peace. I would have scripture memorized, man. I'd have promises of God memorized because I wanted, I wanted the external. I didn't want the internal. See, and God's not concerned the least bit all through His Word about your external situation. He's concerned about what's inside of you. That's you. He didn't come to die for your external circumstances. He didn't come hang on that tree because you got yourself wrapped up in trouble with the law. And because you decided to become a drug addict or an alcoholic or a porn fanatic and your marriage has fallen apart, or for you to become an angry person and you've been beating people up on the street or fighting people in the job and now you got uh, consequences of actions with your hands? No. He didn't come to die for those things. He come to die for you. So his main focus is on the person, not your problem. It's not that he don't care about the problem, but he knows how to truly rectify the problem. He knows how to truly solve and to bring peace to the problem. And the only way that he can orchestrate that peace is for the person that he loves and died for to truly let him in. See, because God sees further than what we see and what man can see, this is why secular programs fail, even though they have good intentions. This is why programs in period fail. I don't care if they're spiritual. This is why they fail. It's because they can only see as far as the outside will let them. So your counselor, the only thing that they can ever speak into your life is the things they see in the immediate that they perceive needs to be changed. But you see, a drug addict's problem is not the dope man. An alcoholic's problem is not the liquor store. A porn addict's problem is not their laptop or computer or cellular device or even the porn industry. Oh. The problem lies within. As you see, you can separate from all of those things for great lengths of time. I've done it. Some of you in the house of the Lord has been separated from those things that we perceive to be the problem. But we find ourselves gravitating back to those things even when we're released in a completely different environment. I've changed states. I've changed demographics more than once. And fell flat on my face. Where you didn't know nobody. But because I was still the same person. It didn't matter what institution I was ever released from. And what new town I moved to. 
Because I was the problem and I was the one God was seeking to change and to transform, I would find those same places of bondage. Time and time again. See, because there's more going on with inside of us than what man can see that causes us to want to have to seek those things out. And it's because that we become absent and there's a hole within our life and in our heart and in our mind, void and absent, the true peace of God. So when a man or a woman does not have peace, they will go to great lengths in extreme measures to bring that peace to their life. Whether it even lasts for just a second, if we can get our minds off from life and we can get our minds off from reality, there's a relief that comes. See, because we're all seeking some sort of relief from something. And you may find yourself going to different things than other people to find that relief. But when we seek relief and we seek peace outside of the presence of God, no matter even how good it may look to society, it will bring nothing but destruction. Because John 10.10, 10, the Word of God is absolute. He says the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. Those are the only... That's the only fruit that we ever receive from anything this life outside of the presence of God. Now it may take longer times to get there and you may not be able to see it on the surface. I know men and women that's never touched a drug, alcohol, never frequented a porn site in their life. But life takes precedence over God. And material things has taken precedence over God. And they lack the same peace inside of them as the needle junkie running the streets of Evansville tonight. And they go through great lengths in their life to bring peace and to bring a settledness to their spirit just the same. It don't maybe look quite the same, but the Lord says that there's eternal consequences to that type of life. And He says that any man or woman that's separated from the presence of God it's not going to be able to enter into eternal life. John 14, 6 says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. One life. There is no other life outside of Jesus. He said, I am the life. So we think that breathing equates to life, but it does not. It's not the same. Because see, there's something in, eternal inside of each and every one of us that man cannot see. It's in our DNA. It's who we are. Because we were created by God. Whether you know the Lord or not, eternity is built in your heart, the Scripture says. And there is going to come a day, according to the Scripture, when that which He has created will return back to Himself. See? The life that's been given is going to go back to the life. And He's going to judge that life based upon one condition. And that is if we know His Son. Our eternal freedom 
Eternity with Him in heaven is going to be based off from a relationship with the one that is the orchestrator, that is the, uh, that is the inventor, He is the creator of freedom and liberty. And His name is Jesus Christ. And I believe that everyone in the house of the Lord wants to be free tonight. Everybody on the face of the earth, I believe, even if they are an atheist and they say they're an atheist and they don't believe in God, they truly want to know Him. The reason why they say those things is because they're angry. Because things hadn't worked out in life the way they wanted them to, so now they have taken this strong approach as, how I'm an atheist, I don't believe in God. Well, you obviously believe in something. You believe in life. You believe that there's life and death because it's set right before you. You see it every day. The true problem and the true issue that we deal with is because of an ignorance of God and foolishness of man. Whether it's because we've never heard the message, whether it's because we rejected the message, either one, there's a consequence in our life. But God was so gracious enough to be able to give us the entire revelation of Himself. And if we truly want to receive life bad enough, He will show you. And that's my prayer is through these messages on Sunday night is to help lead you into a knowledge of who God is and who He desires to be in you. My desire is not to come here on Sunday nights and pray the house down for everything going wrong in your life. We, we will pray for your situations. But what I'm concerned about as a minister stands beside, beside you tonight is the condition of our heart. How's your heart tonight? What do you mean by heart? Heart in the Greek, come from a Greek word, cardia. Your innermost being, your whole thought process, the core of who you are. It's what comes out out of you. It's, It's what moves your mouth. It's what moves your hands. It's what moves your feet. It's this... Muscle that man can't figure out how it operates because it's got so many components that's working in it because it's God's. He created, it's a muscle that they are never going to dissect enough to be able to figure out the inner workings of how the mind works. How it's able to think, how it's able to retain information, how it processes thought. But God does because He created it and because it is God's. And the Lord says that I want to take this muscle, I want to take this precious gift that I've given you of life, and I want you to be able to have the greatest experience of me on this side of eternity that you could ever have. And as we go through this life and as we grow in the knowledge of God, there's going to be great obstacles that we face and then recovery that you're going to come up against. Great mountains that you think that you're never going to be able to overcome and to come up on the other side. And some of those mountains and some of those things will take great lengths of time in order for you to to be able to cross. But just know in the house of the Lord that God has a plan in that time. 
And that God don't think of time the same way that we do. Because He is time. He's the creator of time. He said, well, I've been going through this for so long. And I just need a way out. I'm just looking for the escape. I just need God to fix this in my life. God wants to fix you in the process. See? And when our prayer starts to begin to change, God... Don't take me out of this situation and circumstance. Teach me what you have to show me while I'm going through it so I can be victorious and I can learn how to be able to stand, to be strong in life, to be able to be a voice and a strength to my local, to my fellow brother or sister, Lord. Help this same, help this same attack that I'm facing right now not take me to the same place in spirit of confusion to where I am, but help give me clarity and help give me understanding and discernment, Lord, of who it is that I'm to be in this moment. See, and that's where the miracle truly happens. That's where the real escape route comes. Because Jesus said that we don't serve a high priest that hasn't been tempted in every way, the same ways that we have been tempted. But through the temptation, He says, I will make a way of escape for you. And that's Himself. See, but the world thinks that it's so foreign. But come, the world wants to give us solutions to the external problem. God gives us solutions to the internal problem, which will take us a distance of a lifetime. But see, solutions to external problems will only solve the problem and the things that's specific to that environment right now. It's not going to take you and be able to catapult you through of how to be able to navigate through the hell that's happening around you in a new situation because the environment's different. There's different underlining components that's working in that that nobody knows and can see. See? So a new answer has to come for that specific place. So we just constantly walk through life having to get this new counseling word, this new uh, way of meditation, this new theology to help us through this, this specific issue. See? But God, as He comes in and He plants His word into our heart, see, He is the only solution that we know that we need. So all trials and all temptations that we find ourselves in has the same answer. That's why in Freedom Ministries, you will hear only one solution to your problem. And that's the Lordship of Jesus Christ. There is no other solution. There is no 12 steps to bring you out of your problem. I don't care what type of program or ministry that it is. It's not a 12-step program. It's a one step to Jesus. And when we learn to submit our lives to the Lordship and presence of Jesus Christ, your life will be transformed. Thank you, Jesus. In James chapter 1, 22 through 25, we're going to go through a scripture tonight to help encourage us. See, if we're not experiencing true life in Christ, and we're not experiencing true freedom, and we are still struggling with life controlling issues in the Word, I pray that you find encouragement tonight and answer the solution of Jesus Christ in this passage. As he says, and we're going to start off in the New King James, so then, my beloved brethren, Let every man be swift to hear. Stop talking so much and just get quiet. 
You don't say be swift to speak about your problem. Okay? This, is, this is foundational right here. We have to get this. See, so many times we face things in life where we are quick to get on the phone and tell everybody about our external problems and situations. We're quick to get on Facebook, Messenger, any platform, instantaneously when it comes, we have at our fingertips a whole contact list of people that we want to bring into it. But you know what the problem with that is? The problem with being quick to speak is that we circumvent the very one that's going to be able to save us from the problem. So we go to everybody else, and then when we feel like we've got enough time, we might throw up a little prayer or read a couple passages of Scripture. But before that, we're calling every counseling minister that we can find. We're, we're, we're going to every drug rehab that we can, we can find uh, help from. We're going to all these things. But God says, I want you to come to me first. And then I will use these other components to help validate what I'm already going to show you. And if it does not validate the word that I'm about to show you, because I am the life and freedom, then you need to walk clear away from the voice. Oh, see, he says, I need you to be quick to listen Be swift to hear, slow to speak. That means we slow down. The life, the key to Christian living is to slow down. We don't speed up, we slow down. And he says, as we slow down and we become slow to speak, that can only come by the power of the Holy Spirit by a man or woman that's seeking the correct source. Because when we begin and God, the Holy Spirit begins to move in our life through the person of Jesus Christ, He becomes our source. So a man or woman of God that's truly seeking Christ, they will seem to be more quiet, a little more resolved, They don't get as excited about things. When things are happening all around their life, you will see them stand still, not speed up. That certainly comes through training and discipline. The Lord has to teach us these things. See, because we're not that by nature. We're fast by nature. We like everything fast. We like recovery fast. We like fast freedom. We like fast relationships. We like fast everything, man. Lord says, I gotta restructure your mind. This is through the renewing of your mind through the Word of God. Allow this Word to renew you tonight, to transform your physical body, your soul. He says, Be slow to speak and slow to wrath. Don't be quick to get angry about everything that doesn't go your way. See, wow, that's a difficult one. It is in the flesh because it can only come by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
the relationship with Jesus Christ because Jesus is the only one that can ever bring that type of slowness to our body and to our mind. He's the only one that can take a wrathful person, a vengeful person, and slow them down long enough to process thought long enough to line things up to not physically react. See, they may be thinking it, but God will stop it here. See, too many times I think we don't think that you're going to go through this Christian life and not think about things. I'm talking, it's, we can't help it. It comes into our eye, our ear waves. I don't care if it's sexual things, what men, women, we struggle with things in life because it's here. Doesn't make it a sin every time because it's here and because it comes in. Doesn't mean that you're tainted and you're detached from God and you're walking in some wickedness. No. God says, I want to make you a filter. These things are going to come in, but I'm going to train you and teach you so it does not stay. It does not set at the seat of what controls you. Because as soon as it comes in and it wants to take that seat, You know where to cast it down to. You know where to be able to send it to. You know what to be able to line it up to of the true life. And it will no longer take control of your life. It will no longer set on the seat of the throne of your mind and your heart because the Lordship of Jesus Christ has taken that place because you have allowed Him to set there. And He says now, that you're slow to wrath, now that you have, and we'll read this another way, now that you are slow to hear, or now that you are are swift to hear, and you're slow to speak, and now that you're slow to wrath, know this, that the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So if you are quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to wrath, what are we producing? The righteousness of God. Righteousness of God only comes to the person of Jesus Christ. And he says, now for those that's not experiencing this. Now, what I love about this writing is, is he gives an answer. He gives who he desires for us to be. And now he says, now, if this isn't what you see in the mirror, as you read this word, if this isn't you, if this isn't who you are, now here is why. And now allow the Word of God to come in and renew your mind and to transform your life tonight. He says, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted Word, which is able to save your souls. See, the implanted Word, the manuscript? No. Jesus said, I am the Word. I am the truth. I am the life. He He is the letter written in Himself, becomes part of our life. He says, now, lay aside everything that's not part of Christ. You say, well, what is is filthiness, overflow, wickedness, all of these things? It's anything that goes against the nature of Christ and the DNA of Christ. So as we seek the Word of God, we learn of who He is and who He desires to be in our life, and how He desires for us to be able to conduct ourselves on this earth. See, but we don't know unless we're taught. That's why Romans ten seventeen he says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. 
We learn and we grow. That's what we do here on Sunday nights together as we grow in the Word to be able to, to learn who He is so we have a knowledge of God. And then we know we're accountable at that point, but we also have the tools that we need to be able to live the Christian life, to take home with us. He says, but be doers of the Word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. Look at this mirror up here tonight. Many of you look in a mirror every morning as you're getting ready for the day and your day's activities. You see yourself. You know what you look like. You know what you look like more detailed and more intimately than anyone on the planet, even your husband or your wife. Oh, cause you, you're actually, as you look and you, and you gaze upon that, you see every infraction, you see every defect, you see every flaw, you see every piece of your physical body. And he says that when we become a man or a woman, that as we hear Christ, and if we, as if, if we don't accept him and we reject him, we become like this, person that looks in a mirror and we see who we are for a minute because see as we're sitting here tonight you see exactly who you are in the flesh apart from God you're hearing the implanted word of God come and wash over your mind you see you you understand that we're created by God you understand sitting in the house of the Lord tonight that the Lord loves you he has a plan for your life and he wants to be the Lord of your life you understand that right now right here cuz i'm standing before you you're sitting under anointing of God to where God has protected you and encapsulated you in this moment for a period of time but when we walk out of this place see it's a whole different ball game because when we walk out, we walk out from the fellowship and the body and the gifts and we walk out and now we're alone. What's perceived to be alone as a child of God, we've got the Holy Spirit inside of us. And he says that if we reject Christ and we reject His life and His way of life and we don't want Him in His freedom, we don't want Him as much as what we need uh, to take our next breath, he says then we come into these places like this and we see ourselves as a reflection, but then when we turn away from the mirror, which is the Word of God, then we forget who we are. We forget that God has a plan for our life. We forget that Jesus Christ is peace. We forget He is joy. We forget He is the freedom. We forget He is life. So then our minds, because it's not being transformed by the power of God, because we've rejected Himself, we've rejected the Word, we've rejected the person of Jesus Christ, we become confused. See, we don't see with clarity anymore who we are, what our purpose is, anything in life. We can't put reality in anything. Everything begins to be a blur. See? And then we start walking into places because we become blind into the traps of the enemy. And we find ourselves in these snares. And he says, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it. Who is this? This is Matthew 5.17. This is Jesus. Jesus says, do not think that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy it, but to fulfill the law. 
He is the law. So when he says he is liberty, what is liberty? Liberty is freedom. It's freedom ministries. What does that really mean? Well, the Webster Dictionary classifies it like this. It's coming out from underneath the control of another. It's coming out from underneath the control of the flesh. It's coming out from underneath the control of anything other than the presence of God. He says, but he who looks into the perfect law, which is Jesus, and continues in him, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in all that he does. Because I don't feel very blessed right now. I got everything in life working against me. Jeremiah 17 7 says that blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is the Lord. And then he goes on down into verse 8, he talks about creating us to be this tree that's grown beside this water, and its root grows deep and it grows wide. And he says it's not going to fear when heat and when drought comes, but it has this branch that comes off from it, and it produces this green leaf that will not wither, it will not die. The scripture says it will continue to always produce fruit. We learned last week that trees are a key component of our life structure here on this earth because they are a filter to poison. A leaf, through the process of photosynthesis, it takes negativity into itself. And as it takes poison things to human life that will take our life and destroy it, it takes it into its physical person. And it filters it in such a way as it's cast into the light. See, it can't, photosynthesis don't happen in the dark, it only happens in the light. Which is why I believe the Lord represents us as His tree as we learn and we grow about these things in science and life. We can learn more deeper truths of God and what He's trying to show. He's like, and then that leaf, it takes those chemicals that was once harmful and poisoned to man and it produces a whole new chemical in DNA called oxygen. And it produces that out into the air. And oxygen is what we need to breathe and it's what we need to be able to survive. He says, I want to make your mind this filter of life. I want to create you in my presence to be a filter to the world that's able to take in these negative situations and places where that you feel where you're dried up and like there's no hope and there's no way out. And I want to produce life in it. I'm not going to take you out of it because the tree wasn't in the water. The tree was outside of the water, tapping into the water through an unseen source, which is its root that's not able to be seen by man. As you see, people, they look at the Christian and they look at how they handle things in life and they see that peace and resolve upon their life, even in, even in hard situations. And they don't understand why. Because they can't see the root of what they're connected to and where their source of life comes from. Because it's spiritual, it's supernatural. The Lord says that I want to engrave you. He says that He he is the vine, we are the branches. As we're connected to Him, He gives us a whole new hope and a whole new DNA structure. So that we have the capability of handling the hardest situations that mankind could ever face. As I'll tell you something, man. As a Christian, and coming through recovery, just as God has a mandate for your life and He has a plan, so does the enemy. 
He is just as relentless in chasing you down as the Spirit of God is. He will not let up. It's neck and neck, man. And then when you receive the person of Jesus Christ and your soul has been saved from captivity of sin and eternal damnation and hell and judgment, He wants nothing more than to keep you from the knowledge of God, of who God says that you are and who He desires you to be, because He don't want you to ever come to the revelation of who God is to produce you as a filter to the earth to take what His schemes are and His plans of attack and destruction are that you can take it into your mind and body as it comes and you will produce life out of it. So through your hell and situation right now can come some of the greatest life experiences that the world has ever seen. And if you could ever get a hold of this truth, it will transform your life. Because it's in those hard places that you seek the water. See, but if you're not seeking Christ and you're not a child of God, you can't seek the water of life so nothing good comes from you. You can't filter anything. As a matter of fact, when the negativity comes, it makes you worse. It makes you more bitter. It makes you become an angry person. It makes you react in life out of your emotions instead of truth. Because we're blinded by the enemy because we're tapping into the wrong source. And the Lord says, look, if you don't feel blessed in the house of God tonight, and if you don't know who you are in me, you are like the man that has come in and has grazed through the presence of God through some worship service, preaching, teaching of God's Word. May have been in your house in private study and you have turned away and you're looking to another source and you have become blinded and confused. Confused. Revelation 2.17 He says, he who, has a hear, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat. And I will give him a white stone. And on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. Tonight as we close in the service, I want to explain this to you of what the Lord is saying in this passage of Scripture. You know that in Bible times, this white stone is very significant because they would use it to judge people. A judge, or say a judge, because that's what we know the authority of today, he would have a white stone and a black stone. And depend upon what color he turned up, dictated your future. You was, if you got a black stone, you was condemned. And you was going to suffer the consequence of whatever that you was in the court for. But if you received a white stone, you were set free and you were found not guilty. You're found to be free of the charge. You're, you're found in a place of, uh, Release. God says that I want to give you a white stone of acceptance tonight. 
Maybe the world's given you black stones of rejection your whole life and you felt rejected. Everywhere that you go, and you've even felt rejected coming to God because things have never worked out. You know that sometimes, and some people, they just need to release their anger to God. We hold it back too much, man. People act like they're not mad at God. And they never get set free because they won't be transparent to God and say, You know what, God? I'm ticked off right now because you didn't do this. How's come I didn't get to experience this? How's come that you never moved in this situation? God can handle your pain. He can handle your anger. He took the sin of the world. You don't think He can't handle you coming unglued some night and standing before the clouds and beating the ground? I'm talking, I've done it. Some things that come out of my mouth, I'm not going to repeat in the house of the Lord tonight as I was receiving clarity and freedom for my soul. Because I was at a misunderstanding and I needed Him to clarify some things. And I knew He could, but I didn't have the clarity. As it become transparent to Him, He started to reveal certain things to me. And He says, I know that you felt like I've rejected you. But I've wanted nothing more than to accept you. But I can't accept you on your terms. I can't give you a white stone on your terms. Because you're only accepted into the family of God one way. And the scripture says that's through the presence of person of Jesus Christ. He says, and I'm going to change your name. You know what that means, man? You know what my last name means where I come from? Havoc. Chaos and destruction. God has changed my identity. I'm still the same flesh-looking person. But my name doesn't carry the same identity as what it once did. In the places that it once did. And that can only come by the power of God. As time progresses and the more we seek the presence of God and we start to manifest in and through our lives Christ, people cannot, they can't look at you and ever equate you to things of the past any longer. Because you're not the same. He says, I'm going to give you a new name. That doesn't mean that He changes your first and last name. He may. He's going to change how you're viewed and identified in and through the earth. And he says to that individual, whoever comes, I'm going to give you something special. Hidden manna. Ooh. You know what manna is? Manna is what God fed his people in the desert, man. When there was nothing to eat. You know where the manna is found? In the Ark of the Covenant. Which was symbolic of the presence of God back in the Old Testament times before Jesus come. Inside of this gold-laid box were three things. Aaron's budded staff, the Ten Commandments, and a jar of manna that God fed His people in the desert with. He says, I'm going to give you a food that the world can't see, man. I'm going to give you a food that your program can't give you. I'm going to give you a food that the 12 steps is never going to be able to supply. 
I'm going to give you a food that your leadership is never going to be able to bring you. Because it only comes from me. And that's the person of Jesus Christ. And He will feed you tonight in your most desert situation. I don't care what it is that you're facing in the house of the Lord tonight or how black and dark that it may seem. My God has a way for you. He may not take you out of it, but He will take you through it. And as He takes you through it, Because the outside things don't change, you will be changed in the middle of it. And what greater blessing than God give a man than to be able to receive the strength of the Lord to be able to stand in life. So you're no longer blowed and knocked around by any little thing that happens and comes up and knocked off course, but you're able to stay the course through the presence of God. If you want to be set free tonight and you've been struggling with a bondage that you ain't seen to be able to overcome, allow the Word of the Lord to renew you tonight. Allow God to come in and to touch your mind and make a decision tonight. Don't leave this place the same as when you come in. Don't be quick to or slow to speak, quick to listen right now, and then as soon as you walk out the door, you forget everything. Make a decision now that you're going to put Jesus Christ at the top of your life. And you're going to allow Him lordship to dictate your life. And you're going to say, God, I'm tired of doing it my way. I want to know Your way. And as you get alone with Him, and then God brings pastoral leadership. Then God brings the right counseling. Then God brings all of the right things into place as we are first seeking Him. All of these other things and all these other assets and all these other blessings of the Lord that we have the fivefold ministry will be able to have ability to be able to speak into our life as God speaks from heaven to His church. And as God speaks to you through everything that you see in life, and you will not be led off course, but God will strengthen you and give you peace. And tonight, we're going to take a few moments as we're going to make an altar call tonight. I'm going to ask that each of us that's in the house of the Lord, that's every one of us, I don't care how long we've been walking with the Lord and how close we are in relationship to Him. I believe God wants all of us tonight to just take part and be refreshed in who He says that you are as a child of Almighty God. And I'm going to read these. I've got 12, but there's many in the Bible. And this would be a good study for you to look out, to look over. I should gave everyone in the house of the Lord should have one of these tonight. And I'll give Brother Chad one and Eddie But get alone with the Lord. Let this be a guide to start you with. So you have some key foundation of who God says you are. And then start getting into your own study and ask God to reveal you more. First is, you're chosen. In John 15, 16. Second, you are a child of God in Romans 8, 17. You are a new creation in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. You are redeemed, Galatians 3.13. You are forgiven, 1 John 1.9. 1 
You are precious in Isaiah 43.4. You are accepted, Romans 15.17. You are a conduit for Christ, John 15.5. You are a weapon of God in 2 Corinthians 10.4. You are a warrior in Psalm 18.39. You are free in John 8.36. And you are adopted, Ephesians 1.5. These are 12 truths of who God says you are in the house of the Lord tonight. And with these are scriptures that we have wrote down that you can read and that you begin to be able to memorize. And I would encourage you to take these scriptures and take these truths and put them up in your house. Start start putting the scripture, whether it's on your refrigerator, whether it's in your work a van, work truck, whether it's at work, wherever it is that you can remind yourself throughout the day and renew your mind through the truth of God's Word of who God says that you are. Amen? Because you are a weapon in the house of God tonight. Every single one of us as a believer in Jesus Christ is a weapon of God. You are a conduit that God wants to perform His work through the earth. You are the very vessel that somebody's looking for right now. As God begins to manifest Himself more to you, God will give you a voice and He'll open platforms to you. As you begin to be set free by the power of God, you will have a desire to see others set free. I don't really feel like doing much of anything for the Lord. Well, maybe that's because you don't know Him yet. Maybe that's because you haven't sat long enough with Him to know who He is and who that He says you are, who He desires to be in and through your life that you can receive the revelation of God. But mark it down. Any man or woman on the face of God's green earth that has ever been touched by God and sets in the presence of God, will serve God in some capacity. There is no question, because the presence of God, His whole nature, who He desires to be, is to display Himself in the earth. Amen? And I pray that something in the message touched you tonight, and I'm going to ask that as we uh, close, that you come up and on the on the mirror... I've put all these down individually and cut them out. Take one of these tonight. But before you do, and we're going to go into prayer here in just a second, I want you to take a second and just look in that mirror for a moment at who you are. Don't just look at this physical appearance. I'm asking for the Holy Spirit by the power of God to look through this mirror into the soul. Take this word that we've read tonight and you take your life and as you look into this glass, what stares back at you? And I believe God to open up somebody's mind and spirit in here tonight to revelation and truth as something so deep-rooted That God's light wants to shine and touch that place of your heart. That as you take 
up these cards of who God says that you are, that you know in the house of the Lord tonight that you are forgiven, that there is hope and God has a future and He's got a plan for your life. And I don't care where you come from and what's going on in your life right now. My God has the power to change it. And He loves you. And He wants the best for you. And so do we. So you come forward tonight. And uh, we'll start off with Brother Donald. And uh, can we have any worship music or anything in the, in the back of our bar? Something without words, please. Brother Donald, as you come up, I'm going to pray as we all come forward tonight. Mm. After you get your call, and after you come up here, if there's something that you need prayer for in house of the Lord, something without words, brother. If there's something that God's put on your heart, someone God's put on your heart, we want to stand with you in the gap for that person tonight. We want to come and we want to anoint you with oil. We want to pray the Spirit of God down into that situation, that family, and individual's life. Don't leave the house of the Lord if you've got a burden for somebody because that's birthed in you by the Spirit of God. That's compassion. That's love. That's a gift from God. Allow the whole church to come in together to be able to help meet that need. And we'll believe God together. That God has the power to change things in the earth. They may not be here right now, but we pray God send His holy angels to surround and minister to them. Whether it's in song, whether it's in something that they see, whether it's something that they hear, but we pray for the army of God to come into their lives and around their homes, in their workplaces, and to hem them in. God's protected covering over them. So you come tonight, Jesus. Dear most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord God, I want to thank you, Lord, for your word. I want to thank you for your Holy Spirit, God. I want to thank you, God, that you are still in the miracle work and business, Lord God. Lord, that you transform lives, God, from something that looks so dark, Lord God, something that seems that it has no hope, is so broken, Lord. God, you can make something so beautiful out of each and every one of our lives, Lord. I thank you, God, that you don't hold our past against us, Lord. I thank you, God, that you don't hold the things against me of this afternoon, that when I come into your presence, Lord God, and I submit myself and my life to you, that my sins are cast as far as the east is from the west, and you remember them no more. And you're not looking for perfect people because there is no perfect people on the face of the earth. You're the only one perfect, Lord. You're looking for directional people. You're looking for those that have a compass. That's life and that's true north is set to you. And just like David and just like any other prophet of God or just like any other man or woman of God that we read through the scriptures that had failures and setbacks. Their failure and setback did not identify them of who they are in 
the earth, God, that you use those men and women of God in and through their failings, Lord. Lord, and I pray tonight in the house of the Lord that you will use the weakness of man to produce the righteousness of God, Lord. Lord, that we wouldn't be ashamed of who we once was, Lord God. That we wouldn't be ashamed, Lord, of the things that we're dealing with right now and the struggles that we have right now, Lord God. But that we would become transparent before you tonight, Lord. That we would allow, Lord, you to be able to move in supernatural ways in our life, Lord God. That we would feel connection, Lord, to you in this place, Lord God. Lord, that there would be a connection to the body of Christ here in this place, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. Lord God, we thank you, Lord, that as we become transparent to you and open to you, that that's where the miracle takes place. Thank you, Lord. You're not looking for people who hide their sin, that cover it up. You're looking for people that will expose it and cast it into the light, just like the leaf on the tree. As the negativity is cast and the wickedness and the poison is cast into your presence, Almighty God, you transform it, its molecular structure, and what it was sent forth to do and produce in the earth. To something that's good. To something that can be used to bring life. And I thank you, God, that it's the testimony of man's failures that produce the righteousness of God and display the righteousness of God in and through the earth, God. Thank you by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, the blood of the Lamb, Lord God, in Revelation, God, you said that the enemy is defeated in that place, Lord. May your testimonies rise in the house of the Lord tonight, God. Oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus, Lord. May your warriors rise up in this place, Lord. Thank you, God. May we put on every weapon of warfare that you have for us out of your word, every identity of you that you have placed and that you want us to be able to receive, God. May we clothe ourselves in the identity of Jesus Christ tonight, Lord God. And each and every day this week, Lord, as we learn more of you, Lord, may these identities be able to settle in our spirit. May your word, your presence rest upon our mind and our soul in such a way, Lord God, that you become our peace. Lord, that we would see how blessed that we are in all situations, Lord, because of who you are in us, God. Thank you that we are a blessed people tonight, Lord. Lord, I pray that hope would be placed in you. Lord, may roots grow deep in this place. May they branch off, Lord, through the ground of life, Lord God, and tap into the water source of life, which is you, everywhere that we go, God. Help us, Lord, to know that that living water only comes from you. We can bring water to desert places all around us, Lord. As we're being fed by you, Lord, may we be overflowed by your presence and purpose and plan in and through our life. And may that overflow from you, God, overflow onto somebody else this week, Lord. May they feel a touch from God because we were there, Lord. Use us as your hands and feet as you will, God, and as you please, Lord. And we thank you, God, 
Thank you for bringing us here together tonight, Lord. And we pray for transformation in the house of the Lord, for renewed strength in the house of the Lord, for identity, for purpose, Lord God. And we thank you and we honor you, God, for all that you have done, all that you are doing right now, and all that you're about to do in the future. In Jesus' holy name.